afternoon. My name is Danny Malenkov and I am here with you this afternoon on Looking Up with my good friend and co-host for this afternoon, Peter Watts. Welcome. Hey Danny, how are you? I am praising the Lord, having a fantastic afternoon. It's a bit wet here. Looks a, little a bit, bit grey. Yeah, a little bit grey, a little bit overcast here in the beautiful land of Walls End here in Newcastle. So <laughs> I don't know where you're hanging out in this afternoon. But wherever you are, we are praying that you will have a blessed afternoon with us as we unpack one of the most beautiful and precious subjects in all the Bible. We're not going to go there right now. Instead, we are going to share with you how you can get in touch with us. If you would like to leave us a question or drop us a comment, feel free to call us on 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. And uh, make sure you're tuning in all the way through because at some stage of this afternoon's message and presentation, we will be giving a free offer away. What are we going to be? We're going to be giving something away, aren't we, Peter? We're going to give something away. We're not going to tell people what it is right now, but um, we will be uh, making a free offer so people can ring in for that. And, uh, you know, they say that you don't get too many things for free, but actually our subject matter for today is a free gift too. In fact, yes, we're going to discover what a wonderful blessing it is. Now, we have been over the past few weeks, we've been promoting this fantastic online seminar that's been going on called The End. Now, it wraps up tonight is the last of the 24-part series, The End.Digital. However, if you have missed those presentations and you would like to watch The End series, it's been fantastic, run by... Run by Lyle Southwell. And Sharissa Fong. No, and Sharissa Tarosian. She got married. <laughs> I always get her surname <laughs> she wrong. She got married. <laughs> I hope her husband will be coming for you. I hope she's not listening. So. No, they're, they're fantastic presenters. I've seen some of the programs and, uh, look, I know, we know them as people. So, you know, I guess uh, we're probably a little bit biased, but we think they do a great job and uh, just genuinely lovely Christian people. Yeah, they are. just They've been fantastic presentations. So if you've missed any of them or you first hearing of it right now, feel free to go to the website and you can catch up on all the series from the very first one all the way through to um, yesterday and tonight at 8 o'clock we'll be sharing the last one. So that's where we are right now. We're going to listen to some music in just a little bit and then after the music we're going to share with you where we'll be going today, where we have been and the implications for the coming days. So there's some exciting things that we have for you this afternoon. In the meantime, before we get into all that, just sit back and enjoy as you listen to Terrain Wells, Hills and Valleys. Sit back and enjoy. I've walked among the shadows, you wiped my tears away. I felt the pain of heartbreak And I've seen the brighter days And I've prayed prayers to heaven From my lowest place And I have held your blessings God, you give and take away No matter what I have Your grace is enough And no matter where I am I'm standing in your love On the mountain I will bow my life to the one who sent me there 
You've been listening to Torrin Wells, Hills and Valleys. I hope you enjoyed that piece of music. Well, we want to recap where we have been thus far in looking up and why we do this afternoon program. This afternoon program specifically taking a look at what's taking place in the world right now, what's been taking place in the world in the last little bit, and the prophetic implications of where it is all heading. So um, there's so much to unpack. And so in case you are joining us for the very first time, I want to really welcome you to Looking Up. And I hope and pray that you will continue on this journey with us and invite a friend 
or an enemy, invite someone along to come and join you. So, Peter, we have been on a journey thus far for the last number of weeks um, looking at COVID-19 and and how that impacts uh, what the Bible has to say about the times we're living in and where we are heading. So do you want to just sort of fill in our listeners on where we have been thus far? Yeah, definitely, Danny. And um, just a reminder, too, that uh, the programs that we have shared so far are available on the Faith FM website. And they can be uh, viewed as, uh, listened to, I should say, not viewed. but Just uh, as well they can't see us. <laughs> just as well they can't see you. But um, they can be listened to as podcasts on the Faith FM website. So people yep. can catch mm. up. But we, um, we wanted to look at, um, obviously, in the midst of the coronavirus crisis, we want to say, uh, does this have anything to do with the end of the world? Does it have anything to do with the signs of the times? What are the implications of COVID-19 for Bible prophecy? And how does it affect you and I? Um, and so we were looking at that and we started out by looking at what the Bible has to say that, that in fact, you know, pestilence and disease is one of the signs of the times that Jesus said would be prevalent um, just before he returned. So we recognized that it was a sign of the times. We then uh, looked at the health implications mm. of COVID-19 and we also looked at some of the health principles found in the Bible. Uh, that God has given us to um, give us the best opportunity to have a healthy immune system uh, and a strong immune system in in, uh, the current situation. We looked at the financial implications. Of course, everybody's a lot of people are concerned about the economy. There was a great testimony from Leah Hodge. Mm, that uh, was very powerful. Yeah, very powerful testimony in the way that God had led her in her life. And then we looked at the ecological implications of COVID-19, which of course have been positive in the sense that the earth has had a chance to recover with the lack of human activity in the lockdown. And then of course, at the end of that, we were looking at uh, a lot of calls for people saying, hey, this is good for the world. Maybe we should have a common day of rest, a common time of rest, give ourselves a rest, Mm -hmm. give the earth a rest. Yes, yes. And uh, then we thought, okay, well, how does this play into Bible prophecy? And so we're going to be looking at that uh, but in order to do that, we want to build a firm foundation. So we uh, were wanting to look at this idea of the Sabbath, which was a God's common day of rest that he gave at the beginning of time. But we, we sort of looked at that and said, well, can we trust the creation account? Because the Sabbath comes as a, a day that is at the end of the, the first creation week. Mm-hmm. Could we trust yep. the creation account? So we looked at Creation and evolution in last week's program, and people, like I said, can pick that up on the podcast if they want to listen to that again. And today, we're going to be looking at the Sabbath, which was God's day of rest for humanity each week uh, that he gave at the beginning of time at the end of that creation week. Absolutely. And um, yeah, thank you for that. And that's uh, a really helpful summary. And we're going to discover that the that the Sabbath um, given by God some 6,000 years ago is making a huge comeback today, a huge comeback. And we're going to take a look at that. And we're just going to see how this subject makes so much sense. So you're going to discover that people, be they from religious circles or non-religious circles, they're all coming to the same conclusion that that this day of rest uh, that we find in the Bible, and we're going to unpack that, that this is a fantastic idea. It makes so much sense. And so I guess the I, I, I want to sort of take a look at something that, um, that, that Australians and New Zealanders uh, hold very near and dear, Peter, and that is on April 25 every year, we stop and uh, there's a public holiday and we celebrate uh, a very important day in our history 
as Australians and New Zealanders, and we know that as Anzac Day. And uh, there's a a three word phrase that's that's repeated over and over again. Um, and what's that, Peter? Well, that is lest we lest forget. we forget. Let me just say a few words on this, Danny, because I, I came uh, from the UK, so I came here about 27 years ago um, uh, to just on a holiday, and then eventually um, met my beautiful wife and uh, decided to stay. So, but I didn't know anything about Anzac Day, of course, before I arrived in Australia. I hadn't heard of it back up there in the UK. Had never heard about Anzac Day, but it's really um, something that. It's almost as though if there was a spiritual day for Australians, this would be it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's a day when they pause and think and, uh, you know, they're happy to bow their heads and, and hear a prayer or whatever. I remember, I can tell you, one Anzac day, I went uh, with my son. We went to the MCG in Melbourne to watch Collingwood play Essendon on Anzac oh, Day. Yeah, that's the traditional. Right, that's the traditional that's game. That's the traditional there was game. 95,000 present. Wow. And before the game began... The announcer said, you know, because they have a uh, raising of the flag and yep. they play the national yep. anthem and they have military personnel yep. there out on the ground. And before the game began, the, the announcer said, uh, gentlemen, please remove your hats. Wow. And everybody took their hat off and they had a moment silent, uh, yes. a minute silence for the Ansacs. And then, of course, they played the last post. And it was uh, a very uh, moving tribute really and i think it's it's kind of like there's a whole bunch of football fans ninety five thousand of them mm. but they're all stopping and they're all silent and they're all respectful and it's almost a spiritual experience i'd have to i'd have to agree with you because anzac day is considered to be uh, a, a sacred yeah a sacred day almost, and yeah. uh, the reason why i say that because I've, I've taken a look at a number of anzac memorials um in various locations uh, around australia as i've visited different places i've got an interest in that and uh, I remember being in uh, in Ma- Mullumbimby, okay. Mullumbimby up north northern New South Wales, and there. Hello to all our listeners, yeah. Mullumbimby. If, <laughs> if there's there. anyone listening from Mullumbimby, we're glad to have you on board this afternoon. And um, and there at the at the memorial, the Anzac Memorial, there was a a, a sign, and it was cordoned off. And basically, the sign um, on, on that on that little on the rope that was cordoned off, it said "Sacred Memorial." Wow! They okay. used that language, yeah. well, "Sacred right. Memorial." Remembering and so, the fallen. Yeah, remembering the fallen, lest we forget. Yeah. And so, we're going to take a look at um, a gift that God gave to the human race that likewise is sacred, mm. very sacred. Now, the Sabbath, we're going to unpack that as we as we go along. But I believe that. If ever there was a time when we needed Sabbath rest, um, it is now. We're going to talk about uh, the environment a little on that. We have spoken on that. But one thing we probably haven't really tapped into all that much that I think we need to just briefly make note of, and that is the Sabbath or rest is something extremely important, not only for families, but also for mental health and well-being. I was doing some I was doing some research on on stress and what stresses Australians. And according to the Australian Health Institute, 50 more than 50% of Australians say they are they are 
stressed either moderately or very seriously. That's, that's half the population. And the things that stress Australians out are financial concerns, health concerns and family issues. Mm. And this was well before COVID-19. Sure. So, yeah. um, so we're going to discover... I think COVID-19 has exacerbated what was already present there in terms of the, the uptight, stressful nature that, that you know, Western lifestyle is, is sort of leading us to. Yeah, absolutely. Before, before we go there, um, I did want to just, I did just want to ask you how you felt when we went to Gallipoli last year. Like we had the opportunity of going to Turkey and Gallipoli there. I'd never been there. And that was a very, a very humbling moment for me. What was it like for you? Well, the thing is, is you had said um, just a moment ago that when you were looking at that um, war memorial in uh, Mullumbimby, mm. that it was a, it was a sacred space and so forth and and uh when we were we i had been to anzac cove once before back in 2007 but we were there last year together and the thing for me is when you walk through the grave site where you walk through the memorial grave site there of a lot of fallen australian soldiers and others and you're reading the messages on those graves mm. and um you know there are a lot of a lot of uh, biblical references there, a lot of spiritual references there. It's quite a moving experience for anybody who's ever been. And I'm sure if, if there are listeners out there who've been to Anzac Cove, they'll, um, they'll know uh, what we mean. But, um, yeah, you, you read some of them, you know, like greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life mm. for his friends. You know, that's a biblical verse that Jesus, you know, spoke. In the book of John. But that's taken up and it's sort of... Uh, they're saying, you know, here are people who laid down their lives to enable many others to have the freedom we have today. That's right. And so Anzac Day, I guess, is a memorial uh, for, for the sacrifice that has been given by our fellow Australians and for those who are in New Zealand, New Zealanders as well as, as, well as others, um, so that we may enjoy the freedoms that we have today. Now, lest we forget... Uh, it's a it's a fascinating phrase, a very powerful, very meaningful phrase. I'd like us to go to the book of Genesis, where God outlines the the creation of the world, and we've looked at this in the past, where in six days uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And and Peter, if you want to just uh, read from. From Genesis chapter 1, and if our listeners have their Bibles with them, if you're not driving or anything like that, feel free to take your Bible. We're going to do a bit of a Bible study this afternoon, take a look at a few key passages on this very important subject. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. If you want to pick it up from verse chapter 1, verse 31, Peter, and read all the way through to chapter 2 and verse 3. Okay, so Genesis 1, 31. It says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Verse two, uh, sorry, chapter 2, um, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day, and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Wow. So here we have, right at the very beginning of time, after God finishes creating the world in six 24-hour days, 
the Bible says he created a memorial in time. I find that fascinating, mm. a memorial in time. So if you, you can't knock it down. You can't do away with it. <laughs> Every, you can't stop it arriving. <laughs> you can't stop it arriving. And uh, the only reason we have a seven-day week yep. is not because of any other reason other than Scripture. It's been traced back all you know, all around the world. People share that seven-day week, and it's been traced back to this very passage. This is the only place they can trace it back to. This is the origin of our seven-day week. And um, it's interesting. There's a couple of things that I, I guess that we could pick out of here and probably many more. But a couple of things I would want to pick out is, uh, you know, why did God rest? Was he, uh, you know, pretty tired after a, a week's work? Does God creating, get tired? <laughs> I don't think was. I don't think God. The Bible doesn't say he was tired here. It says that he rested, and I think it's interesting to note that he didn't have to create this day. He, he, you look at the first mm. six days of creation: the evening, the morning, the first day; the evening, the morning, the second day, and. The development of creation from creating the world and then the atmosphere and then the land and the plants and then the, the fish and the birds and then, you know, uh, the, moon, the sun and the moon, sorry, and the fish and the birds and then the animals and then mankind. And everything you would think is then complete. Mm. And yet God chooses to add an extra day on which he simply rests, mm. um, which is phenomenal. So it's almost as though... Uh, I don't know if you've ever made anything, Danny, but it's nice when you've made something. I've made a lot of problems. To p- <laughs> you've created a you lot of problems, that's for sure. <laughs> but if you've ever made anything, you know that it's nice to be able to um, appreciate that. And, of course, God is not just sitting back and appreciating his handiwork, although I'm sure he did that too. But he is enjoying the creation that he has made and he's obviously wanting to spend time with that creation. And so he makes that day. And, uh, yeah, he didn't create a new day because he was tired, but he created a day in, in order to appreciate what he'd done on the other six days. It's almost as if the Sabbath is God's signature. You know, an artist, after they finish their, their piece of art, mm. the last thing they do is they sign off. Yeah, This is who... This is who is behind this piece of artwork. And uh, so the Sabbath is, is just an incredible gift to the human race. We're going to continue to unpack that as we, as we go along. But now you're going to have the privilege of listening to one of my favorite singers, Melissa Otto. This is not who you are. So sit back and enjoy and we'll be with you after the news.
welcome back to Looking Up with Danny Malenkov and my good friend Peter Watts. G'day, Danny. We are here exploring this exciting subject on God's Sabbath rest that he gave to humanity at the very beginning of time after he had created the world. In six days, he stopped, he rested on the seventh day, he blessed it, and he sanctified it, set it apart for holy use. So we want to we unpack this just a little bit more, uh, Peter, before we, before we take off into into the book of Exodus and and how God placed this in his law of love. Now, w- during the break you were sharing with me a couple of a couple of very important thoughts. Do you want to just um unpack that? Um well, in terms of uh, that little passage that we read in Genesis, um is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Genesis yeah. 2, 1 to so, 3 in particular. So, in that passage we noted that God had created over the 6 days, then he rested on the 7th, and there's no uh specific you know, reason for him to rest other than to appreciate what he has created and to be able to spend time with that. And the Bible says that this day was different to all the other days. In fact, one of the elements in there, and I might just pick this up, it says in verse 3 of chapter 2 of Genesis, it says, Then God blessed the Sabbath, uh, the seventh day and sanctified it. I just want to talk a little bit about that word sanctified. What does that word mean? To sanctify something means to set it apart. Literally, it means to set it apart. I've been uh, to um, a couple of animal sanctuaries. Mm. Um, There's the Corumban Sanctuary up there uh, in the Gold Coast, um, which is a bird sanctuary primarily, although they have other animals there too. And then there's Hillsville Sanctuary down in Victoria. I've uh, been there, and those uh, sanctuary is a place set apart, and that's really what the word means. And so, when it says God sanctified the seventh day, it means He set it apart. It's different from all of the other days. God had worked, created, and made all those marvelous things in the first six days, and then the seventh day He rests. He's ended the work now. He's resting on that day. He blesses this day. Okay, so that's a difference as well. And then he sanctifies it. He sets it apart from the rest of the week. So uh, there's some, you know, four very specific things that God did here. He he ended, he rested, he blessed, and he sanctified. Would it be fair to say, Peter, that that word sanctified can also be um, defined as holy? You know, that 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 God set it apart for holy use. Because we talk about marriage, we talk about holy matrimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and we we understand that marriage is sacred. The the marriage well, vows you, yeah. and union is sacred. It, I mean, in its in its uh, it means to set apart, and obviously in this sense, it's set apart for a holy purpose. But when well, you, you got you the sanctuary, it, I'm thinking of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You know, where God would dwell with his yeah, a place set apart where God would dwell with His people. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. That's I think Exodus 25 verse eight. But even eight. if you think of the word holy, mm. okay. What does holy really mean? Holy means not ordinary. Mm. You know, it's not um, a common thing. It's a holy thing. Mm. Or God isn't a common person. He's a holy person. Mm. And so 
even the word holy means something that is set apart, obviously for a holy use. That's true. But but that's what the Sabbath really is all about. And for me, it's really interesting because here in Genesis, we have God blessing the Sabbath day. And that word there, blessed, is in the holistic sense, Mm -hmm. where God blesses, uh, blesses us physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, all those four dimensions of health and well-being. And you also have that same word used when the Bible says, God created Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and he, the Bible says he blessed them, and yep. he told them to go be fruitful and multiply. So you have marriage and the Sabbath both being blessed by God, and that's really important because when we get to the Ten Commandments, which we're going to go to next, we discover the link between these two. Well, why don't we go there? And we'll Exodus look- chapter 20. All right. So if we go to Exodus chapter 20, so if you have your Bibles, uh, you want to turn with us to the next book, Exodus chapter 20, and here we find uh, the Ten Commandments, and in particular, uh, the Fourth Commandment, and this is where, this is where um, that little story, I guess, of lest we forget that we started off the program this with is where this it comes in. This is where it comes in, with that very first word. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to read... From verse 8. This is Exodus chapter 20 and verses 8 to 11. Maybe if you read the entire commandment, Peter, and then sure. we can unpack it. So, yeah, just maybe by way of introduction, this is interesting because this is actually God Himself speaking the Ten Commandments. Okay, later on he would write them down with his own finger on tablets of stone. But, uh, you know, look at verse 20, verse 1, for instance, it says, And God spoke all these words, saying. So this is God audibly speaking the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel back there in the book of Exodus. So when we get to verse 8, we come to the fourth commandment, and it says these words. Remember the Sabbath day. To keep it holy. There we go. That's where we get lest we forget. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. It's it, this, this, this is the uh, the calling of humanity to remember that which God has provided, which is the Sabbath. So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. I want to just pause there because we're going to read through all of this uh, as well. It's very interesting. Uh, We sometimes will talk about the need for a day of rest Mm -hmm. and the fact that God commands a day of rest, but we don't always talk about the six days of work that is also commanded. (laughs) We'd rather have six days of rest and one day of work. We don't mind if we take seven off, right? But in actual fact, it's very interesting because it's a little bit like if you don't have the six days of rest, the Sabbath has less impact, Mm. right? In other words... It is contrasted against those six days of labor. So then you have the seventh day of rest. Mm. So in other words, six days you shall labor and do all your work. And then it goes on. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore... The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it or made it holy. Well, there you go. So so here we have a very clear reference by God back to creation. Because, Peter, there'll be some that would uh, argue the point that the Sabbath is a Jewish institution, that well, it, God, we, God created it and gave it to the Jews. Yeah. But according to the commandment, it doesn't actually say that. It doesn't, it doesn't begin with the Jewish community that was established by God through Abraham. I think that's very important. And I, like you know, obviously, 
you know, you go to Israel today, as we have been, you know, you and I have been to the Western Wall. Mm. Uh, on I a love fr- the old city of Jerusalem. Yeah, it's just my favorite city. We've been there a couple of times, you and I, and um, we've been to the Western Wall on a Friday evening mm. when the Sabbath has come in. And, of course, people recognize that the Jews keep the Sabbath. You know, they, they recognize that. And so probably people would have associated the Sabbath with the Jews and and therefore, uh, many people, and particularly many Christian people today, would think, "Oh well, you know, the Sabbath—that's uh, that's a Jewish uh, holiday or a Jewish holy day." Um, whereas, yeah, you rightly point out here that a uh, God establishes the, crea- the the Sabbath at the very beginning, at the end of Creation Week, and then, of course, this reference uh, tells us to remember the Sabbath day now. It, it does not, it's interesting because it doesn't say, I've got a new idea. It's called the Sabbath day. What do you think? <laughs> it doesn't say that. It says, remember the Sabbath day. In other words, if I tell you to remember my birthday. You it's because to, you've told me already. You have to know that I've got one and you know what it is, right? That's right. Because you can't remember it if I haven't told you what That's it is. Right. And so, uh, or, you know, if you're a couple and you've got an anniversary and you want your spouse to remember the anniversary, well, they've got to know what day it was in the first place to be able to remember it. And so right here, the very fact that God is calling them to remember the Sabbath day, it recognizes that it's already in place. That's right. And it's very clear from the language. God here makes it clear that he's quoting from creation, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And therefore he rested on the Sabbath day and Mm. blessed it. So very clear, very clear. Uh, scripture pointing us back to creation and if we go back a few chapters we won't take the time to read it because we don't have the time but there when god gives manna uh, before he gave the gift of manna to the children of israel in exodus chapter 16 he reminded them of the sabbath yes indeed so this is well before uh mount sinai yeah well before mount sinai we don't know whether it was a week or two or three or four uh, but certainly well before god audibly gave the commandments at mount sinai he reminded of the sabbath through the giving of the manna. Now, one thing I want to really point out here, and this is really important to me, is that you, in the Ten Commandments, if you just take a look at the Ten Commandments, just simply look at the commandments, look at how they begin. Eight commandments begin in exactly the same way, uh, by and large. You have the, the first commandment. Uh, you par- shall not. Yeah, you shall not. The second one, you shall not. The third one, you shall not. Mm. Um, Commandment number six, you shall not. Commandment number seven, you shall not. Commandment number eight, you shall not. Commandment number nine, you shall not. Commandment number ten, you shall not. But there are two commandments. Isn't that interesting? Two commandments in the very center of God's Ten Commandments that don't begin with you shall not. And one of them we've already looked at, the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The other one is the one related to marriage and family Honor your mother and your father. Mm. And what I find fascinating is that these two institutions are highlighted because they are very different in how they begin. They stand out, if I could use that language, from the rest of the Ten Commandments in the language that God uses to introduce these commandments. Remember, and, and honor God reminding us of the two institutions that he gave back in the Garden of Eden. Marriage and the family. And the Sabbath. Isn't that interesting? And he blessed both institutions. This is just huge. It is amazing. I just love it. What's fascinating about all of that is it's kind of like you've got these two positive commandments Mm. right in the center 
of the Ten Commandments, as you mentioned, the other eight all begin with you shall not. So the other eight are basically saying, don't do these things because there will be negative consequences if you do, right? God knows that if you start following other gods, you're going to have a false conception of who God is. And so he said, don't, don't go there. Um, and in the, in the middle then, you've got these two positive commandments because there is positivity attached to them. The Sabbath, we, and I, I really want to bl- uh, bring this out, Danny, because, you know, I was raised in a secular environment and I wasn't raised on this kind of stuff and didn't know anything about the Sabbath or a day of rest or a day that God blessed or any of that kind of stuff. But it's important to understand that God gave this day as a blessing to mm. humanity and a blessing to the family. And everything that God blesses, mm-hmm. he doesn't later on say, oh, I made a mistake. Sure. Everything God blesses is blessed forever, the Bible says. Yeah, yeah. And so he makes this day, and it's the positive thing. And I, like I said before, that at the beginning of that commandment where in uh, Exodus 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. And so, you know, we're talking about... The Sabbath has a context. We work, when we've worked hard to achieve something, it's good to rest. It's good that you have that sense of accomplishment. And I think that God had that at the end of the creation week. Uh, he was happy with what he had created. He says it was very good. Mm. Um, and then, and he wants us to experience that too, that he wants us to work. work. And I think that what you have is sometimes we think bless, work is a curse, but actually work is a blessing. You know, we've got uh, rising unemployment because of the COVID-19 That's right. pandemic, and people are concerned about that. Well, of course, they're concerned about the economy, but they're also concerned about the well-being of people who are out of work. Mm. People don't want to be out of work. Mm. Uh, they want to be able to have a meaning and a purpose and a, a, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. And... Uh, What's nice about that is when we have worked the working week, to have that Sabbath rest, it's all the more of a blessing when we have worked. Mm, absolutely, and um, and I just want to also pick up as we as we're about to soon go to another another beautiful song. But here, the Sabbath is not only a rest for humanity, but it's also a rest for the animals. You've got God here saying that the animals also need to rest. You know, and it's interesting because in Genesis chapter one, you discover there that God also blesses the animals Mm. and he says, be fruitful and multiply. So it's a rest for everyone. It's not just, you know, you decide to take a rest and you make others work on your behalf. So humans need to rest. Animals need to rest. The environment needs to rest. Your son, your daughter. So it's about a family thing. Servants and so on and so forth. So this is God's blessing for the entire human race. Whatever God created in those six days, he's saying, I want everything to take this 24-hour period in time and just to rest and enjoy and be in the presence of the Creator in a most powerful way. And so the Sabbath is just such a wonderful blessing. We're going to continue to unpack this wonderful gift from God, from the Garden of Eden that has been given to the entire uh, human race, to the entire world. But before we do that, we're going to listen to another beautiful song, this time from Caleb and Kelsey, Because Because He Lives. Just because 
not send your son They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon In empty Hope you enjoyed that beautiful piece. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM, Looking Up with Danny Malenkov and Peter Watts. Welcome back. We are looking at one of God's wonderful blessings to the entire human race that God gave at the very beginning of time after he created this world in six literal 24-hour days. Now, Peter, we've been looking at the fourth commandment in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, and we've discovered there that the Sabbath uh, was given by God to not only bless uh, humans, but to also bless animals, to bless the entire environment. Mm. Are you sharing something with me that I think our readers will find very fascinating? Yeah, well, um, just from the perspective that I... It was. It is to be a blessing to all humanity. We talked about that. I mean, it talks about that in the commandment that it's it's not the individual, but his son and his daughter and uh, anybody that might work for you. Um, you know the and it says the, the you know the animals and the cattle and the stranger within your gate and so forth. So uh, it's 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 a blessing for all people, not just for a few. Certainly not just for the Jews. And um, it's interesting from me from my perspective to think about the fact that God gave us the Sabbath at creation week, as we've seen in Genesis. And uh, he knew that for our overall physical and mental health, this Sabbath 
a week, this day off every week, the seventh day, was going to be important for our overall health, mm. right? The, yes. Okay. And if we needed that back then in paradise, you know, before the fall, how much more do we need it today? When mm, that's a good are, point. Things are, you know, we're in the rat race and things are getting so out of hand and it's very tempting to, um, you know, feel like we, we're all trying to get ahead and we all sort of, you know, it's very tempting to maybe work seven days a week or what have you, you know. Uh, we've actually also learned that we are more efficient if we take a day of rest. Mm. Actually, we get more done in the six days than you if you work flat out seven days a week, you just get exhausted. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But anyway, I just wanted to read this from this book. There was a book published in 2005 called Affluenza, and it was by uh, Clive Hamilton and Richard Dennis. And I just wanted to read the, uh, the subtitle. I think I've mentioned this before on one of the other shows, but affluenza when too much is never enough and i just want to read this uh, to you from the the book it says the western world is in the grip of a consumerism that is unique in human history we overwork we spend huge amounts on things we never use then we chuck them out hmm. um and then it says fortunately there is a cure are you ready for the cure then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. here we go here's a cure fortunately there is a cure more and more australians are deciding to ignore the advertisers, reduce their consumer spending, and recapture their time for the things that really matter. Wow. And this mm. recapturing of the time, of course, ties in very nicely with the Sabbath because that's the whole point. You know, I think people, through the lockdown, people have started to recognize the value of being able to spend time with loved ones, mm. you know, particularly those within your own household. Of course, we haven't been able to visit many other people. But um, to be able to spend time with your family, and uh, I think we've uh, been losing sight of that blessing, and I think the Sabbath helps us to recapture that. I think it's just so important that, and I think we'd all agree, absolutely, anyone that's um, had any relationship with anyone on whatever level understands the, the basic truth that, relationships are founded and grounded on time uh, yep. time time and communication time and communication and um and and time set apart so not where you're on the go five minutes here three minutes there but quality time quality time quality time what does that look like quality and quantity yeah you know you can say hey i'm giving you two minutes of my time good quality <laughs> time dear but that's not really going to cut it so um i think it's really important and, and i mean god could have given I, I see this you know going back to the garden of eden god created adam and eve yes on the sixth day and i see god's gift to them as himself he says i've created you on the sixth day for your honeymoon you're going to spend it with me you mm -hmm. know i'm giving myself to you as a gift mm -hmm. and i see the sabbath as god giving himself to the human race as a gift and when it comes to the sabbath there's a whole heap in the old testament on this subject but i want to now springboard to the new testament we want to springboard to the one who the bible says created this world the Creator Himself. The Bible says in John chapter one that God created through the Word, and maybe, the Word is maybe Jesus we Christ. Read that because we want to establish that fact. Because this was a surprise to me again. Like I said, coming to the Bible as a complete newcomer in my mid twenties, I uh, was 
you know, stunned, uh, you know, and amazed to discover that Jesus is the creator. Well, why don't you read that? It's in John chapter 1. I will. John chapter 1, right at the very beginning. And it's interesting, he uses creation language here. Yeah, that's um, exactly right. That's powerful. So why don't you read that for us, Peter? Yeah, John is deliberately drawing on the idea of Genesis here. Uh, because John, so what you have in the New Testament is there are four it, the New Testament opens with four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and each of them are a biography, if you like, of Jesus and his ministry. And so each of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, retells the story of Jesus from their perspective. And John, when he opens his gospel account of the life of Jesus, he deliberately uses those words from Genesis. Mm. And it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And so it's establishing here what John is deliberately doing. He's going back to the beginning. He's establishing that Jesus was the principal agent in creation at the beginning. And that's important because he is the one who said, let there be light. Mm. He is the one who created the Sabbath day. He is the one who blessed the Sabbath and blessed the couple uh, in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, it's 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 really powerful that Jesus is the creator. Yep. He is the creator. And Jesus himself gave us an example regarding how to keep the Sabbath because the Bible says, you know, remember the Sabbath day to mm -hmm. keep it holy. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But here in Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28, Jesus himself said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And that word there, man, is the Greek word anthropos. Mm -hmm. It's where we get our English word anthropology, which mm -hmm. is the study of humanity. Yep. So Jesus here says very clearly that the Sabbath was given for the entire human race. So it's not for one particular race, the Jews, um, but it's given to the entire human race. And he goes on and he says... In the following in the following scripture, Matthew twelve twelve. Well, let me can I pull you back to this for a minute? Yeah, sure. Because I want to pull something else out of that. Where in Mark two twenty seven, where he says that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Some people, you know, will look at the Sabbath and say, "Well, you know, isn't that just a law of the Bible that we have to keep?" And they won't see it perhaps for the blessing that God intends it to be. And I think what's important here is the Sabbath was made for man. In other words. God saw that humanity had a need and he provided for that need. You mm. look at all of the other things that man needed in the Garden of Eden, in paradise. God provided everything he needed. And he sees that he needs this time to spend, you know, appreciating the natural world and appreciating God and appreciating your family. And it says the Sabbath was made for man, not man. It wasn't made, it wasn't the other way around. It wasn't that God created a Sabbath and said, I'm going to make human beings to honor and worship the Sabbath. Now, he'd already made human beings. He created the Sabbath to be a blessing for those beings. So it's very important that we understand that because we don't worship the Sabbath. No. We remember the Sabbath because we worship the Creator. Yeah, we worship the Creator on the Sabbath yep. in That's order right. not to forget the Creator. Once again, going back to the commandment, remember That's right. the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So we, lest we forget, yep. lest we forget where we came from. And really... Let's let's be honest, and we talked about it last week. Um, in the last less than two hundred years since the advent of Darwin, 
Mm-hmm. And Darwinism yeah. uh, and evolution and the evolutionary Which we theory spoke about last week. This and um, and it's really fascinating um, that Revelation fourteen verse seven speaks of a time when God, at the end of time, will invite people to worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. That's well, should we turn there now? Revelation fourteen seven. Yeah, let's go there. Let's turn there now because this is when we're talking. I think this is a good link at this point in time, Danny, because we've got a couple of minutes to talk about this. Is that we have been talking about how does this COVID nineteen crisis play into Bible prophecy? Okay, and of course, there's a lot of Bible prophecy in the Book of Revelation, and here in the Book of Revelation, as you rightly say. In chapter 14 and verses 6 through 12, what you have is a passage called the three angels' messages. In fact, at the heading of my Bible, it says the messages of the three angels, Mm. right? You've got three angels that are going to all the world with important messages just before Jesus comes. And the first one there, as you've rightly pointed out, if we pick it up in verse 7, it says, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of waters. Mm. Now, I have a Greek New Testament. You and I have had the privilege of studying Greek, uh, which is what the New Testament is written in. And I've got a Greek New Testament at home. And there's a little asterisk by this passage at the bottom of the page. And it says this is a quote that is referencing Exodus chapter 20. Wow. In other words, the fourth commandment where it says... Uh, for in six days God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of waters and so forth. So um, it's it's interesting that this passage here is referencing that point, that, that, that the translators are recognizing that. Okay, so like you say, here we are at the end of time. We have uh, this philosophy of Darwinism that we spoke about last week um, that many, many people have embraced um, that really... Uh, ignores, pushes aside, and covers the Sabbath, really, uh, because the Sabbath is the memorial to creation. Mm. Well, if the world wasn't created, then the memorial doesn't mean anything. Yes. Um, and yet here it's telling us it's a reminder, it's a call back to worshipping the Creator at the end of time, just before Jesus comes. God knew that there would come a time when people would forget yep. where where they came from and where this world came from. And so God says, yeah, very clearly, worship him who made heaven and earth and so forth. And this is part of the everlasting gospel. That's what it says in verse verse 6 that needs to go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. So this everlasting good news. The everlasting, that's what the word gospel means. It means good news, the good news about God and his love and his plan of salvation that needs to go to all the world. So, So this is a very clear message at the very end of time. So we have it at the very beginning in Genesis Mm. where God blesses the Sabbath. And at the very end of time, once again, we have God inviting the people of the world to worship him who deserves and the only one that deserves worship, and that is the creator God, because he is the creator. That is the reason. Now, going going back to the words of Jesus and the Sabbath, he said, we've already mentioned that the Sabbath was made for man. Well, I just, I, I'm going to pause you there for a minute. you got some more to add on that. Well, there's okay. two things I want to add. Number one, it's interesting that in the commandment, the only commandment in the Ten Commandments that begins with the word remember mm. is the Sabbath commandment. That's right. And I find that fascinating. I found it fascinating from the perspective that he didn't, re- you know, he could have easily said, remember 
to honour your father and mother mm. or remember not to commit adultery. Yes. You know, he could have reminded us of any one of those and says, remember this. But it's only the Sabbath that he chooses to attach that word. And, and like you said, Danny, God, the, the God of the Bible claims to know the future. And we're going to get into some prof- more prophetic stuff as we go on through this series of looking up. And we're going to see how clearly God understands what the future holds. But he understood that we would need that reminder uh, of the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. And we've got to remember at the very heart of the Sabbath is worship. It's Correct. very clearly there in the text. And that's the second point I wanted to bring out. Go for it. <laughs> Only in, And this is also in Revelation. It's in Revelation 4.11. And then I want to come back to what you're talking about in, in the time of Jesus. But maybe we can uh, wrap up this segment with this because um, we're going to head to another music break in a moment. But in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, it says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. In other words, Mm. from a point of view of revelation, God is worthy of worship because he is creator. He is the creator, and we exist and breathe and have our being, as the Apostle Paul says, because we are created, and we are created in God's image, Mm -hmm. as the Scriptures say. There's so much more on this subject there. We're, we're just having a wonderful time exploring it. We're going to explore a little bit more on what Jesus had to say on the Sabbath in just a few moments. But before all that, we're going to go to another beautiful song from Jaden Lavick, I Need Thee. Sit back and enjoy. Oh, 
Yes, I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to listening to Jaden Lavick, I Need Thee. Welcome back to Faith FM and Looking Up with Danny Malenkov and Peter Watts. Before we went to that beautiful bit of music, we were unpacking the words of Jesus uh, regarding the Sabbath that he set aside at the very beginning of time. We've discovered that God created through his son, Jesus Christ. And so he ultimately is the instrument through whom God created Our Sabbath creator is Jesus Christ himself. Now, Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verse 12, he said this regarding the Sabbath. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Because Jesus, Peter, as you know, was accused of being a Sabbath breaker. Mm -hmm. However, uh, each and every time he showed how to keep the Sabbath, because the Bible says keep the Sabbath holy, he brought healing he brought he brought uh, he brought just hope into people's lives. In fact, he brought I'll, understanding he, about the Sabbath. He did. He did. In fact, it's really interesting if you take a look at uh, the Sabbath miracles in the Gospels. In the four Gospels, there are seven recorded Sabbath miracles, and in the Bible, seven is God's number. Yeah, uh, you have seven all the way through Revelation. It's the number uh, of completeness. It's the number of completeness. It's it's God's special number, and so here God is trying to tell us, I believe, in a very powerful way, that the Sabbath is the perfect day to do good. Mm. It's the perfect day to show love. It's the perfect day to to share the gospel, the good news. Yes, it's a day to worship God, but it's also a, a day when you can go and visit someone who's in hospital, visit someone who's down and discouraged. And, you know, we live in a time where people are, are suffering from all kinds of things. And if there ever was a day set aside where you don't need to worry about work, you don't need to worry about doing the laundry um, or any mowing the lawns or anything like that, you can focus and zero in on being a blessing to others, sharing that blessing. You can. Well, I think, the you know, the other thing is perhaps what we want to do too is lay some context mm. of why uh, why. Jesus would even need to do this, you know, say, you know, um, that the Sabbath, um, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath, like as, as though that needed to be news. Why, why, why wouldn't it be lawful to do good on the Sabbath? And I think we need to unpack the circumstances around the Sabbath that Jesus found himself in, in the first century and what had happened to the Sabbath in that, in that time in order for, what I see in the in the New Testament is Jesus is rescuing the Sabbath from the traditions of men. And I think that that's what he is doing. And the reason for that is this. The Jews had uh, forsaken the Lord, rebelled against the Lord, neglected the Lord, chased after other gods, and they ended up getting carried away to Babylon, right, in the Old Testament. Uh, and their enemies overthrew them. Jerusalem was destroyed. They got taken mm. away to Babylon. And eventually they came back and they rebuilt Jerusalem. Now, when they came back, they said, we're not going to do that again. 
Mm. And we're going to make sure that we don't, you know, forget God, that we don't turn our back on God. We're going to make sure that we keep all of God's laws. And we're going to make sure that we're going to make sure. In other words, around the the commandments that God had given them, they put extra layers of protection. And then others would come along and say, we need to, you know, make sure that we protect these commandments even more. So we'll put another extra layer of protection until they'd sort of bandaged up the Sabbath with so many layers of protection that they had lost sight of the actual blessing of the Sabbath. Mm. And even today, Danny, uh, like I said, you and I have been to Jerusalem and I remember driving on a bus. I was on a tour bus going around the outside of Jerusalem, the old, uh, you know, the old walled Mm. city of Jerusalem. We were driving along and I remember seeing these like... uh, little wire lines between two posts and I thought maybe they were power lines but then I saw some ribbons tied to those lines and I remember asking the tour guide what what are the ribbons that are tied to these various power lines and they said well they represent the border of the distance from a certain synagogue that's as far as you are allowed to walk on the Sabbath Mm. because you would would break it so they had they had put lots of other regulations around the Sabbath. I'll give you another example. We stayed in the King David Hotel in Jerusalem. And in the King David Hotel, I think that they had three regular elevators. Mm. But they also had I remember that. I remember the that. Sabbath <laughs> elevator. Yeah. And the Sabbath elevator, you could walk into that elevator from the lobby and it would stop at every floor on the way up and every floor on the way down and you wouldn't have to press a button and that is because some jewish people believe that if you were to press a button you would be working on the sabbath and therefore they wouldn't do that and these are the kinds of things that jesus was encountering where so many extra regulations have been placed on the sabbath that jesus needed to rescue the meaning of the sabbath from the traditions of men and uh, I think he's still doing that today. So Jesus came to help us understand how to keep the Sabbath yep. that, that he created. And it's interesting, uh, as I, I remember reading an article on, on what scientists are discovering regarding the, I'm not sure how to pronounce this word, but um, the, this cycle that, that we have um, this biological cycle that give, we give the word a built. go. Give the word I'll a give, go. I'll give the word a go. I've been I've been practicing for the last week. No, not quite. It's called the circumcision rhythm. Okay. And basically, well, the septum thing that isn't that a seven. That's thing? seven. Seven. Yeah. There, that, that's where the word seven comes from. And it's this cycle that consists of seven days in which many biological processes of life revolve mm-hmm. around and so we have been created with this seven day cycle and it's not just um uh, humanity but if you take a look at nature uh it's also it has this seven day cycle there was this very interesting study that they did in jerusalem mm-hmm. uh, amongst the jewish community there and they discovered and this is and this is this is what the study pointed out they discovered that on the seventh day on the sabbath day there were less deaths Less people died on the Sabbath day, and uh, and they, they they couldn't work out why. 
Um, the only the only reason was that the body clock slows down. The body clock slows down as you head past Thursday. It starts slowing down Friday. It's a little bit slower. And on the Sabbath day or the seventh day, your body clock is at its slowest pace. And then from Sunday, it begins picking up gears. And it's really fascinating. Um, and that's just how we're built. So we're built with a seven-day biological clock that slows down at just the right time as the Sabbath draws near and speeds up after the Sabbath has been completed. And so scientists are bewildered. They've got no idea how to unpack that. But, yeah, if, if our listeners want to go to Google and you want to Google the Circa Septon Rhythm and you will find all that information and a whole heap more. So, Well, yeah. here's something else. I mean, that in line with that kind of thing, in 2015... Uh, there was uh, a news article in BBC News, and it's by Peter Bowes, and uh, he, he writes this. This is the headline. Is this the secret to living longer? Mm. Wow. And I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs here because I think it's uh, quite interesting. He says, where has the weekend gone? For that matter, what happened to last month? <laughs> he says, if you're anything like me, your precious time is gobbled up by a pinging phone, a bouncing email icon, and the ubiquitous stack of admin. But what if, what if we could stop everything for just 24 hours hmm. to rest, reboot, and refocus? Take wow. a day away from the gadgets, gizmos, to-do lists, and anything remotely connected to work. Could that be the elusive secret to long and healthy life? This is what he's asking. Hmm. And then he tells us uh, a story of a, of, uh, he tells us of a story he was working on. Uh, as a journalist, and uh, what he found there, and notice what he says here. He says, I first became enthralled by this possibility when I worked on a BBC documentary called Living Longer in Lovely Hill, in which I met the Seventh-day Adventists of Loma Linda. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to go there. (laughs) You've beat me to it. Well, a quiet university town about 100 kilometers east of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are one of the longest-lived groups of people in the world, and scientific studies have linked their lifestyle to increased longevity. So not only uh, are, are they uh, long-lived, but they have a healthier lifestyle mm. the, generally. This group's part of the Blue Zones, and we've talked about that with Leah. Right. Okay, that's good. All right, so here's, here's the last paragraph I'll share, because I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, Members of this evangelical Christian community live up to 10 years longer than most Americans. About half are vegetarian or vegan. They exercise regularly and are dedicated to honoring the Sabbath as a day of rest and worship. Many Adventists told me that shutting down from sundown on Friday for 24 hours was the highlight of their week. It is a time when they close their minds to work to focus instead on their friends and family. Scientists believe that this period of rest may play a role alongside diet and exercise in promoting a long life. So that's a BBC News report from 2015 highlighting the benefits uh, of that Sabbath day rest on, on, on your health. That's fascinating because um, six years prior to that, 2009, November issue of National Geographic, the, the front cover, The Secrets of Living Longer, highlighted this group that you're speaking of from mm-hmm. Loma Linda. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they unpacked what the secret was, to their longevity and their not not just quality not just quantity but quality of life mm. they discovered two key ingredients and one of them was the plant-based diet 
mm-hmm. that that most enjoy. And the second one was regular practice of rest and worship, which we're talking about, the Sabbath, mm-hmm. in the midst of fellowship with other Christians every seventh day. So community and the Sabbath go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. The Bible speaks of the Sabbath as a holy convocation yeah. or, a, or a time when God's people come together and they gather. And what's fascinating, um, Peter, is that in the very last two verses of the book of Isaiah, chapter mm-hmm. 66, God says there from one Sabbath to another, and he's speaking of the new earth. This yes, is the, the new context, the, new, the new heaven and the new earth that God's going to create. It says, all flesh shall come and worship before me. So mm. from one Sabbath to another. And so this Sabbath day that God that, that God initiated and institution, instituted in the Garden of Eden before sin came into this world, once sin is eradicated from the world and from the entire universe, hallelujah for that, from one Sabbath to another, we will continue to come and worship before our Creator God. So the Sabbath is this everlasting memorial to the Creator God. And well, that would I just be- think that's just so fantastic. So, yeah, that's Isaiah 66, verse 22 and 23. You want to look it up. Mm. It's powerful. Well, I think, I mean, that only makes sense in line with what we've said in the book of Revelation, where it talks about the very reason for worship is that God is creator. So it doesn't make any sense that God would say, I want you to remember I'm, cre- I'm your creator in the Old Testament, but I don't need you to remember that I'm re- the creator in the New Testament, and I don't need you to remember that, you know, that I'm the creator throughout history. It, it just makes no sense, especially when you've got that message, as we've already talked about, a call back to worshiping That's God right. as creator. So it makes sense that that memorial would, would stand... Uh, through through that whole uh, I want to also time. I want to also point out just another beautiful um, blessing of the Sabbath, and not only reminds us of our God as our Creator and um, and also as our Savior. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter five, the Sabbath there uh, pinpoints that God is also the one who rescues us. He is our our rescuer. He is our redeemer in Deuteronomy chapter five. But also. We discover that the Sabbath reminds us that we belong to God. Yep. And I want to just share this scripture, Ezekiel twenty twelve. Or do you have it there, Peter? To I'm read? looking at it. Right okay, now, Danny. go for it. Read it. No, I just want to share. Great something minds on think that. along, <laughs> or otherwise we're telepathic or something. But go for it. No, I, it's like I said. If God is our creator, then obviously we. Um, it, it would make sense that the Sabbath would mm. would help us remember that. And so in Ezekiel 20, verse 12, it says, Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Mm. Now, this is fascinating because we already talked about sanctification as sanctifying means to set apart. So we recognize that God set apart the Sabbath day as being holy right there at the beginning in Genesis. Now he's saying that I am the Lord who sanctifies them, the people, his people. God sets them apart. Mm. So he set apart the Sabbath. He sets apart his people. And naturally, he's calling his people to keep the Sabbath as a recognition that he is the creator. Absolutely. And so as the scripture says, it's a sign between God and his people. And if I could just throw this in before we go to our music break, it's like two people who love one another, who say, I do. What do they give as their outward sign? They give a ring to Mm. one another. And that is that outward sign that they love one another, that that they've committed their lives together in this beautiful uh, act of marriage. We're going to go to a beautiful song now, and it's entitled um, Have to Stay by Kerry Ogenindi. 
Hope you've enjoyed that beautiful piece from Anna Weatherup at the Cross. We had a question come in a little earlier on when we were unpacking Genesis chapter 1. Now, Peter, you have the question there and you have the answer. From Yeah, so we uh, had Fred call in and uh, Fred was uh, asking the question in Genesis one twenty eight. I think Fred was reading from the King James Bible. And uh, Fred was saying that in the King James Bible, it reads, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. And Fred's question was around the fact of, you know, is replenish uh, the right word to be using there? In other words, to replenish something, it kind of suggests that it was once full, now it's empty, and you're going to replenish it. Okay, but in actual fact, when you look at the word in Hebrew, which is molay, uh, uh, that's probably a shocking, uh, shocking pronunciation of the that's Hebrew. That's as bad as my circumcision. <laughs> but anyway, if you look at the Hebrew word, it, it, it says it's a primitive root to fill uh, or, or be full of. So it's to fill. And in, fa- in fact, if you look at more modern translations of that verse, Genesis one twenty eight, it says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So thanks for that uh, question, Fred. Um, the, the original word, probably means more to fill than it does to replenish. But that's a good pickup. Absolutely. So if you've got any more questions, we'll we'll look at that next week. We'll give you the contact details. Otherwise, um, at the end of the program, we have a giveaway. So just a reminder, there'll be a giveaway. Peter will be um, offering a giveaway. So make sure you're tuned in when we give uh, the green light for you to call up regarding that. Now, we want to we wanna just take a look at a couple more brief points on this Sabbath gift that God gave to the human race, as we discovered in the Garden of Eden. And, um, and he, he put it in stone there in the Ten Commandments. We've discovered that Jesus uh, kept the Sabbath. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, that he, he kept the Sabbath as his custom was. He went into the synagogue to worship. We know that the Apostle Paul also uses the same language. Uh, the Apostle Paul, as his custom was, uh, went into the Sabbath uh, Sorry, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath to worship, and not just the synagogue, but he also he also kept the Sabbath um, amongst the Gentiles. And all the way through the New Testament, we have the Sabbath. We've talked about how the Sabbath will continue to be kept at the end of time, all the way through to all the way through to the new heaven and the new earth. So, um, Peter, there's a few more things that we want to just tap into regarding the Sabbath before we take a look at the prophetic implications sure. in our last segment. But do you want to just sort of share with me a couple yeah. of things that you were sharing earlier on? Yeah, well, I think what's important and something we've talked about already is that it's all about this relationship mm. with, between God Amen. and us, right? It's about a loving relationship. We said before that all good relationships are built upon time and communication. And the Sabbath is all about time, quality time, as we've mentioned. And I kind of see the Sabbath is like God setting up a sacred date. Mm. So, for instance, I'm going to read here from Isaiah 58, verse 13. Yes. And it says, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, what does that mean? Well, that just means don't trample on the Sabbath. That's what it means. You know, don't trample on the Sabbath um, as something of no value. But it says, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight. That's the idea is we call the Sabbath a delight. The holy day of the Lord and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words. And so... Uh, we, God wants us to call the Sabbath a delight, and I kind of, I kind of equate it to this. So imagine I was going to take my wife out for dinner, 
because it was our anniversary, right? So we're sitting down to a meal. It's our anniversary. And I know when your anniversary is. Yeah, I know you do. It's your anniversary (laughs) too. We talked about that on our opening show, I think. Can you believe it? But anyway, let's get away from that. And on the same day and the same year, believe it or not. About the same hour, probably. But that's another story. Truth is stranger than fiction. It's very important that people know we didn't marry each other. We married other people. But anyway... We have you a, can these days. We have a similar anniversary. <laughs> but anyway, it's, imagine it's your anniversary. You're sitting down to a wonderful meal and, uh, you know, you're just waiting for the food to come. And I suggest to my wife and I say, honey, do you mind just while we're waiting, do you mind if I catch uh, the football? Uh, and I start watching a football game on my mobile phone. Now, what does that communicate to her? about the importance of the date that we are on. Mm. In other words, uh, you know, I'm obviously going to be putting the phone aside because my focus and attention should be on the person that I love. And the same is true with the Sabbath. So with the Sabbath, God has set aside some time for us to remember the anniversary of the creation of planet Earth, the creation of humanity, the creation of the most important relationships, the creation of this relationship that we have with God. It's an anniversary of that. And so, you know, God wants us to, um, I guess, focus on that relationship on that day. So from from our perspective, we, we, you know, we don't watch secular television on the Sabbath because we don't want it to distract our attention away from the, the relationships that are so important, whether that's the relationship with God or the relationship with family and friends who, with whom we're spending the Sabbath. That's right. So the Sabbath is all about relationship. Yeah. And uh, God blessed this day and he wants, to, he wants to pour in his blessing in our hearts and in our lives. And I just want to read one scripture here from the New Testament. It's a very powerful scripture from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4 and 9, where where um, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, For he has spoken, speaking of God, he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. So this is New Testament, the book of Hebrews. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Mm. So Peter here very clearly, the New Testament uh, is using the language from the Sabbath in the book of Genesis and Exodus. And God says there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. So if you consider yourself part of God's people, the Sabbath rest is for you because it was made for all of humanity. And so this is just a, a beautiful blessing that God has given to the entire human race for it to enjoy. Now we're going to go to another piece of music and uh, I hope you enjoy this piece of music from Matt and Josie and it's entitled Peace.
Welcome back. You've been listening to Matt and Josie Minicus and their beautiful song, Peace. Now, uh, Peter, as we, as we left off that last segment, we were, we, were, we were both making note that the Sabbath is a blessing. It's designed for relationships to enhance our most important relationships, the relationships with God the relationships with family, and the relationships with those around us. Now, Matt, you want to... Matt, sorry. Peter. <laughs> Peter, do you want to share with us something exciting that, that people can, can, can get their fingers working on right now? Yeah, for sure. So we mentioned before, uh, at the beginning of the program, we have a free gift to give away. We usually give away a, a free gift at the end of the show. And so I want to tell you that the free gift this week is a book called Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson. And uh, it is a thoughtful look at the evidence that a master designer created our planet. We looked a little bit of, about this last week. And so if you would like the book Creation and Evolution, now's the time to, to ring in for that free book, Creation and Evolution by Dwight Nelson. Thank you, Peter. So um, we're, we're looking forward to giving this gift away. Now, when it comes to the Sabbath, we have made note that all the way from Genesis to Revelation, the the Sabbath, that Sabbath gift from God is all the way through Scripture. And we've discovered that not only did God give this day at creation before sin came into the world, but from one Sabbath to another, after the heavens and the new earth are made at the end of sin, all flesh will come and worship before God. And so uh, we want to take a look at uh, why this is so important, Peter, uh, the book of Revelation speaks of worship. That word worship appears over and over again. Uh, there is this battle, this, this huge battle between God, the, the true creator, and the one who wants to usurp uh, the prerogatives that belong to God and God alone, and that is worship because he alone is the creator. Now, how, how will this play out? Mm. In the end, and and what is so significant about the Sabbath? And by the way, by the way, we haven't mentioned this, but let's just share on this right now. Next week, we're going to unpack it a little bit more. And that is the Sabbath, in case you're wondering, begins at sunset on Friday and ends on sunset on Saturday. That is because uh, the creation day, according to the book of Genesis, it says it was evening and morning. The first day it was evening and morning the second day. So Sabbath is from sunset to sunset. So you don't even need a watch. It's really (laughs) handy. That is really handy. It's, 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 it's visible to everybody. Mm. But look, you know, this is something that may be news to some of our listeners. I mean, I know that it was news to me when uh, somebody talked to me about the Sabbath or the seventh day being the day that we would commonly mm. call Saturday, or as you've rightly mentioned, begins Sunset Friday and ends Sunset Saturday. Uh, when I learned about that for the first time, I said, no, that, that can't be right because Everybody knows in the Christian world that Sunday is typically the day that people would keep as a sacred day. And uh, so, I, you know, I had to go check in this. And so I checked the calendar and I checked the dictionary in the encyclopedia. And what do you know? That's true. The Sabbath of the Bible that we talk about, that we've been talking about today, is the day we commonly call Saturday. And so we're going to talk... Uh, I'm going to just put a little add in for mm, next week. For next week. Next week, we're going to say, well, because the, the, the obvious question that would come out of this discussion is if, in fact, the biblical Sabbath that we have surveyed a little bit today uh, is actually the day we would commonly call Saturday, why is it then that the majority of Christians around the world would observe Sunday as a day of rest, as a sacred day, and so forth? 
Why is that? And we're going to actually unpack that next week. We're going to look at uh, was the Sabbath changed? How did we arrive at that? And uh, so we're going to look at all of that. But in terms of worship, of course, we're called, as we've mentioned before in the book of Revelation chapter 14, worship him who made the heavens and the earth, worship the creator. And we do that by observing the Sabbath. Of course, we mentioned last week, when we were, actually two weeks ago, when we were talking about the ecological implications mm, yes, of COVID yes, yes. and the fact that the earth needs a rest, people need a rest. We're looking for this common day of rest. And of course, the one that is being promoted is a Sunday rest. It's interesting you uh, shared with me the, the Green Sabbath Project. Yeah, I just came across that yesterday. Yeah, the Green Sabbath Project. And it says here, is there nothing you can do about the environment? Nothing may be the one of the best things you can do. Do nothing. That's, that's fantastic. One, wow. It says one day every week, do nothing. Okay, which day are they suggesting? It says take a weekly day of rest, make it a Sabbath for you, for the earth. And it then noted uh, that Bogota, Colombia has introduced car-free Sundays. Mm. So in other words, there is a common day of rest that they are thinking of already in advance. They're not saying... Which one shall we choose? There is one that they have in mind, and it's a common rest day of Sunday. That's exactly right. So um, the Western world in particular, um, Sunday is, is the day that's probably um, least, uh, least involved as far as activity is concerned, work and activity, yeah. sports the, and, and the, so the on and so forth. The day on which the least work is done. Exactly right. So we're going to be unpacking that next week regarding yeah. that big question, the big elephant in the room, so yeah. to speak, is... Where did the change take place if the Bible doesn't and say does anything it matter? about it? And does it really matter? So uh, we're going to look at that next week. And then beyond, we're going to start unpacking from the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation the prophetic implications because at the end of time, make no mistake, my friend, at the end of time, if you read through the very heart of the book of Revelation from chapter 12 to 14, the issue is worship. God is deserves to be worshipped because he is the creator, he is the sustainer. He's the only one. He is the only one, but you have an usurper. You have you have the one who is the dragon and the devil and the Satan, and he seeks to usurp that which belongs to God, and that is worship. So this is the key issue at the end of time. It's over worship. So we're going to unpack that in the coming weeks, and I hope and pray that you will be able to keep on joining in. So we're out of time, Peter, believe it or not, uh, yet again. So I want to thank you so much for joining us, Danny Malenkov and Peter Watts, on Looking Up. And um, I look forward to seeing you, well, not seeing you. Uh, I look we hope to, that you can tune yes, in next week. We hope that you'll be able to tune in next week as we continue this journey together. So, Bye, um, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your evening. God bless and bye for now.